1: If they tell us we're playing on a Thursday, we need to be ready to play on a Thursday. If it's Sunday, it's Sunday. And uh, if it's in Uzbekistan, we're going to have to probably uh, stop in a couple places on the way over there.
0: Well, you're talking as if you're knowing something about this whole thing. There is nothing more tricky about the upcoming schedule than going to Ohio State, coming home to Wisconsin, and then heading to Uzbekistan.
2: Uzbekistan? You best believe you ain't coming away with a win when you go to Uzbekistan. Am I right or am I right? You
0: going to lose that game to Uzbekistan? You can can bet Got it.
2: Oh man, stupid. so stupid! Frost it. You know what? I think they're ready to play anywhere, anybody, anytime. You know, Uzbekistan, huh?
0: There are a lot of countries you could pull. Yeah. and he went with that one, and there was a lot. Of, you know, media people locally had to Google it to make sure they were spelling it oh, correctly.
2: Got right? no chance. You won a spelling bee, didn't you? you I did. <laughs> you are a nerd. I'm not
0: gonna disagree with what you
2: just said there.
0: Fourth grade spelling champ. I was up there on the
2: stage,
0: and it was me. Was the stage
2: uh, at its biggest and the brights at its lightest in that moment for you?
0: Well, yeah, I, I think you could. Uh, I think I think that's pretty, uh, pretty accurate statement that you could make there. I don't. I wouldn't disagree with any of that.
2: Stage is at its at its biggest and the brights are at its lightest. That's what it's all about,
0: <laughs> and that's what it was all about. <laughs> I, I was up there, and um, it was between me and my uh, essentially my it was either my current or future. Girl, fifth grade girlfriend. It was Whoa. in the fifth, no, fourth grade. And it was in the fourth grade and this was Whoa. happening. And her name, her, her name, her name was Candy.
2: No, it wasn't. She's probably on a pole somewhere. <laughs> but it's true. Well, it did that, I, I, I'd imagine your very first fight when you guys were in fourth grade, the old spelling bee thing got pulled out. And that's why you <laughs> beat me in the spelling bee, huh? Because you're smarter than me. That's right. Well, I'm going to art class. You can go to recess. Is that how it went?
0: <laughs> it did. And uh, those were kind of those were kind of the uh, the arrangements that that we had there. And um, She always kept a long memory.
2: Can I call time sp- out real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Already? Yeah, go ahead. I see you peeking over your shoulder. We were recording yeah. this during the NBA Finals. I haven't recorded. I don't want to know a thing. I don't want to know a gosh no. darn thing. I, I can't knew, see it. The, I knew the glare that. is just right.
0: I knew that, so I'm actually Was watching. This must not be a 4K TV here; you can't <laughs> see it. I'm actually watching Eagles Niners. I need like negative points for Miles Sanders to really have a gotcha. shot in my fantasy league. So, okay,
2: okay. So um, we both have. I, uh, all right, I hear you. I hear you. Look at this is why we work. You're not watching the NBA Finals. You're not gonna give it. You're not gonna give anything away to me because I got that mug DVR. I a- like to feel the emotion. Of a series that is so freaking over, it's not even funny.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, Mamie. Back-to-back back NBA Finals, that just feels so anticlimactic. I mentioned this on my ESPN yeah. Sunday morning radio yeah. <laughs> <laughs> radio show. That is not brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Yeah, that, um it should be, though. Which you can hear at 9, 9 a.m. to noon Central Sunday mornings. Um, But... <laughs> That back-to-back NBA Finals, very anticlimactic, very in- a feeling of inevitability. It's just, you know, it's just not the way you want it to end. And especially if you're Adam Silver, like you're, you're Chevy Chase at the end of Christmas Vacation, when it's over, you've hosted it, the lights are there, and you look out in space and you say, "I did it." <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Adam Silver is going to be. I'm gonna probably have to tweet that out when they cut throw the confetti down there. But you you've done it. But yeah, you've done it. Which could be again, it could be two one by the time you you listen to this.
2: Who knows? But the Lakers are gonna win this series, and you know, it's just it is what it is. It it is honestly like worst case scenario for them to get rated. Right. It was always gonna be challenging with yeah. football going on during the NBA playoffs. But for it to be, I think even before, listen, when we're sitting here talking about, but I tell you, without Dr- Goran Dragic and Bam bio, this thing's got no chance. like timeout. Did this thing have a chance with with Dragic and Bam at a bio? I'm not totally sure, but it's a perfect no, storm no. with. Yeah, thank you, Dane But it's a perfect storm for the ratings <laughs> to be horrendous. You know, I mean, and, it is. Yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna like it. You know
0: why the they're, they're, the ratings are down? I don't care about the fact that they're competing with twenty seven thousand under sports. It's just they're too political. <laughs>
2: That's what we, we love to make it all one thing. We don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but it's like the sole reason that what, it has zero to do with any other of the 15 to 25 different factors, the sole reason is politics. It's like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, Doug. I
0: think, you know what? Uh, Bob Black, what do you think?
2: Well, I think you're, you're spot on on everything that you said in your analysis. Thank you. <laughs> Thank How's you your fantasy doing? Your fantasy team right. doing all right? You're everything, everything going? You keep peeking over. You're making me nervous here. You're, pe- you're making me nervous. No, I just,
0: at- I needed Zach Ertz to do something. I think he got a two point conversion. So, nice. you know, this is this is the stress that fantasy football man. Mm, you know, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand <laughs> what I have to live through. Mm, what about Julian Edelman? What if that game doesn't take place on Monday night?
2: <laughs> Time out. The other thing I found out today. And you would think cause your boy loves me some T Braid. T Braid has another white slot wide receiver that he like a lot. How come no one told me this? <laughs> you gotta tell me you these don't... things,
0: world. <laughs> you like your so he's gone from uh he had Wes Welker. Oh yeah. Uh he's got Scotty Miller.
2: Yeah. Well, in between that have? he had uh... Damian Amendola and Julian Edelman.
0: Yep, that's right. I was going to say Chris Hogan, but he was more on the outside. But, yeah, I mean, it's um,
2: it's not a I team Brady situation like unless there's a crafty, good, route-running, w- white, wide receiver that that Brady's throwing the ball to. When that dude caught, like, he caught a long pass, and then on the very next play he caught a touchdown pass, I was like, hold on, timeout. What? When did this happen? Why did anybody tell me this?
0: When the league finds out, when Canton, Ohio, in the Hall of Fame Enshrinement Committee, when they find out that there is another white slot receiver that Tom Brady has. Do they start <laughs> finding out how challenging the bust is going to be to make of that receiver?
2: There's no question. The process has already begun. It has already begun right now. That's what's happening here.
0: Well, it's good to uh, it's good to see you. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot uh, to dissect here, I, I will say this, and uh, and we appreciate, we can always kind of get a feel for how an episode lands with people with how many either emails or tweets and sometimes texts from our closest friends that we get from uh, certain episodes. And the one last week that had the reaction to <laughs> the Bo <beau> laughter, <laughs> um, just Bo laughing and the stupid yo mama jokes. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I, what else did we do uh, last week? That well, we of, did
2: LeBron and the hookah. He, we had that going. Bron Bron was getting his hookah game, right?
1: I wasn't smoking hookah, but I was there.
2: That's right. Uh, we had we had that one as well. <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh, There's my, probably 25 other things, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of things that we did. But uh, my father-in-law had texted me and said that he thought his contacts were going to fall out of his eyes because he was crying. From laughing so hard, my father had listened to half of it and had to talk to my mom to say, "Hey, you gotta listen to this because they're just he's just laughing, listening, <laughs> but he's got he's got the Bluetooth from his phone he's playing it off his phone, and the Bluetooth is is, is a Bluetooth attached to s- essentially his hearing aid. So he's the only one who can Check hear it. Check it out. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like <laughs> headphones, except really embedded in your really brain. Really only
2: yours, yes.
0: Tell me, what's what's he saying? Well, hold on. Let me disconnect <laughs> it from a hearing. <laughs> figure. figure it out. But uh, it seemed to be uh, well-received, and we, uh, we do thank you uh, for there that. There was a good tweet. I don't have it um, in front of
2: me. There's a good tweet that was like, that was so stupid. But I enjoyed every minute of it. That was like the very I, that was the first review that came in. I was like, "Good, this is good. This is exactly what I wanted." Some want of
0: it to the be. some of the reviews come in like twenty minutes right after we post. Like, how did you listen to that so quickly? But oh, and we also had the Brian K. Who oh, yeah had the Alexa <laughs> and brought and you kind of throw it out there and you say, "Okay, is Brian K." If you want to reveal yourself, go ahead. Like right. this is like the masked singer, right? If you want to, if you want to disrobe, fine. Yeah. Um, if not, if not. If not. But Brian, uh, <laughs> Brian Cohel, uh, had the had the Alexa and oh, programmed that as well. And what else? Yes, Matt had tweeted that was the dumbest episode <laughs> yet. I loved every minute of it. Was in tears by minute ten. Thanks, and keep it up.
2: There we go. That's See, all we're aiming That's good. That's what we want. I want dumb, and I want, I loved it. Those are the, those are the key things for me.
0: All right, so, uh, and then I got this from another Brian who sent this in. I believe this is his daughter, Brian L. Again, if you want to out yourself, you can on Twitter. But he did tweet this. I, well, it's Brian Logan, and this was his daughter. Yeah, little,
2: yeah, little. little how you dot com? You know, how dare you from from the, com is big with the kids. I've noticed this. Like, I feel like it. It's. I should go into Mavis preschool and just sing it for everyone. I think they would be like, "Wow, this is mind blowing." <laughs> how, dare how, dare how dare you You need to log on to how dare This guy's amazing. That is, uh, yeah,
0: that is amazing. I'll <laughs> be and the then, John um, Lennon of four year old And then, then some. Like, oh,
2: he's blowing my mind. Here. <laughs> This is incredible. Uh, and
0: then someone had tweeted that um, on the uh, Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pat Forty, and Pete Thamel a couple of weeks ago, this happened.
1: Irish have a little outbreak.
2: That may get pushed back, I think, two weeks or something. Uh, December they can get 12th, that.
0: they're going to play. October 12th? Right. December,
2: no, 12th? December 12th. December 12th. All right, I'm sorry.
0: Okay. Wait a so minute. So that yes, no. that was on the Wetzel Wetzel Forty and family. You want to hear that one more time? Yes. Irish have a little outbreak that may get pushed back. I think two weeks or something.
1: Uh, December hopefully, they can get 12th, that. They're going to play October twelfth. Right. December
2: twelfth. December twelfth. December twelfth. <laughs> ah! I mean. Okay, hold on. That's pretty. Okay, when I first heard it, the. The self centered massive ego that lives inside of your boy's cranium was like they're huge <laughs> fans of Schick and nick. But upon further review, did they almost just accidentally replicate JJ Davis? Uh, hopefully December twelfth they they're gonna play.
0: October twelfth? Right December twelfth. Nope. December twelfth. <laughs> December twelfth. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh they uh they might have uh just done this october 4th september, <laughs> september 4th <laughs> whoa by the way belated jj davis day yeah. happy jj davis yeah day. you
2: know it's the old chicken and the egg is it september 4th is it october 4th it's both it's, it's both. It's the
0: only holiday it's the only holiday that we that comes around twice a year
2: twice in a very short period of time it's so good <laughs>
0: Ah! Hanukkah might be eight crazy nights, but um, <laughs> this is separated by
2: a month. I'll see your Hanukkah and I'll raise you at JJ Davis Day. Two times
0: October 4th, uh, September, September 4th. 4th. So, um, yes, we were able to uh, celebrate that. So, that was great. It's good. Um, it, and, yeah, I mean, this is kind of where we're at here, where we just celebrate the show, celebrate us, and make sure that the well, show.
2: We're all just waiting uh, is, for is October 24th. Us. We're waiting for November 24th. October,
0: October 24th. October 4th.
2: September, September 4th. And
0: that's where we are uh, headed. And look, we are less than, we are essentially less than three weeks away. Yeah. Um And here we are. I mean, when this podcast comes out, we are going to be less than three weeks away. And I just can't. I'm just excited. You know, you just got to be excited about it. Um, you got to be excited about the trip to Uzbekistan. You got to be <laughs> excited about the chance to prove yourself a little bit. Are you um, – I did I, – I do want to um, oh mention one thing there because I did oh listen to your oh, podcast yeah. Yeah. with Bo Rude. Yeah. The
2: 1978 Husker Classic recaps in Nebraska, Oklahoma? No. <laughs> I saw the sunrise at Liza's. Manila.
0: No, no, um, not that one. The one where you had the ten most important Huskers. Yes, for the two thousand and twenty season. Yeah, it was it was original, and I was really impressed with how you really, I mean, not just thought outside the box, but went out the box, traveled out to of Uzbekistan. state,
2: Uzbekistan. Yes,
0: across the country, it's across the world essentially to Uzbekistan to come up with the fact that the most important Husker is Adrian Martinez. (laughs) (laughs) I applaud you for the creativity. I didn't know. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was on the edge of my seat, and when you said Adrian Martinez, blown away. Who's number one
2: going to be? Who's it going to be? As I was writing out that pod, I was like, this is the very pod that you and I make fun of when we're like kind of (laughs) – Ribbon radio talk. You know what I mean? Like I'm like this is this is literally the segment that we make fun of. But we're I'm doing
0: something that I hate. I'm doing it right now.
2: (laughs) We're doing it. You like how I had at at number ten? I just put whoever the kicker is. I don't even know. I don't even know who he's gonna be. I don't even know who he is. But whoever he is, he's 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 on the list. Congratulations. You made it.
0: Yeah, you just had the. The fill in the blank kicker. I thought that was that was great. You know, Scott Frost is like I don't even know who the kicker is. I don't even know what the FCS is. That's just the way it is right now. Um, But it was it was good. I like listening to it. I thought um, I guess you're comforted. You had Luke McCaffrey outside the top five, which means hey, if he is really important, the Nebraska's in big trouble, right? Of course, like, of course. Like if he's top three, like you could have said, you know what, Luke McCaffrey, my second most important Husky. You go, would okay. you? Could you All have right. made a
2: case that you just put Martinez and McCaffrey one, one, two?
0: I actually, when I started listening to it, Ooh. I thought that's where you were going to go, okay. and I would have totally co-signed it. You would have agreed with me. I, I would have totally co-signed it because there is no given
2: Robin that Gibbon. Adrian
0: Martinez is going to have a is going to have a, <laughs> Sorry, okay. Gave you too much time. Yeah. Gave you too much Oops, time. my so. bad. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. September 4th. I think I gave you too so much I'm time. So I'm not answering. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you very much. You <laughs> did. But there's no given that Adrian Martinez is going to have a great year. And if he doesn't or if he's hurt, which he has been both, yeah. not had a great year, and he's gotten hurt, Luke McCaffrey becomes the most important Husker on the team at that moment. Would you agree?
2: I did. And that's why I, I put him at nine. And in my yes. explanation, I said, because Bo didn't, Bo was like out on even having him in. He's like, he's not even starting. I'm like, whoa. All right, <laughs> whoa. But, but I said, the reason he's got to be, because it's kind of silly to think that in your top 10 most important Huskers, there would be a guy that is would be technically potentially second string. But the reason I put right. him in the top 10 is he would instantly become the most important Husker if he were to beat out Martinez or if Martinez gets hurt. I feel like I am I, I am on the Martinez Titanic, and I'm just going to continue to play the cello. And the violin until we're completely submerged underwater. <laughs> Iceberg right ahead, McCaffrey right ahead. Yes. nope. We're gonna keep on playing.
0: Iceberg right ahead. <laughs> that's where. We, that's me. That's where we are. Look, I've been a. Look at you. I'm a big Adrian Martinez
2: guy. I'm a big Bow guy. Thank
0: you very much. That's uh, the very underused Adam Carricker drop of God. I'm a big
2: bow guy. We got we to bring that back. Absolutely. I'm a big Bow guy. Uh, but Tebow. I, I love the kid. I
0: love Adrian Martinez. I love everything he's about. Uh, and I hope he's healthy. And I guess that's what I hang my hat on with him moving forward is when he was healthy, he was great. When he wasn't, he was bad. And... I just want to see him healthy again, and yeah. then you know you you can make your deductions. I know I've made mine. Thanks, Bo Pelini.
1: <laughs> you guys saw the game. You make your own deductions. I know I made mine.
2: All right, very man. good. Thank you, Bo. There's that a drop.
0: There's a bow drop for everything,
2: Bo. man. I mean, that's like almost like B Rabbit and Eight Mile when he finishes <laughs> the final rap bat. It's like I bet that that had to have ended the press conference. I mean, it had you, to- yeah. You walk off after You're that. Like, you guys saw I'm the no- game.
1: You make your own deductions. I know I made mine. Yeah, I
2: think, all right. I don't have my column anything ready for this, but this is done. <laughs> this is completely finished right now. Is
0: that is that a local vibe though? Like, hey, he's he's not he wasn't healthy. Let's just hope a lot of it was because he wasn't healthy. Let's hope let's hope some of it was because the snap wasn't very good yeah, most of
2: the time. I think it's All of those things. I don't think it's necessarily all of the health thing, and I think I think it goes back to our ratings joke, where it's like it's not just. I don't think it it was necessarily just one thing. Like they unequivocally, they being Nebraska, got worse around him last year. High snaps, no Stanley Morgan, Maurice Washington going through all his stuff and he becomes MIA. They don't have a dependable running back situation. They got a slide Wandel over there, which takes away some of of an, another receiver. They, you know, you're having high snaps. So I think it was just a combination of those things with the fact that he was he was banged up. And so I just think I am I'm not anti-Luke McCaffrey at all. There there is something to when he comes in the game, and it's my favorite thing about the quarterback position, it is that so, the great ones, just like when they come in, you just feel them on the field. That I think it was Dan Mullen had a great line talking about Dak Prescott, where he's like, we could have put Dak with the twos, and he would have beat the ones Every time. Like, that's how you know you have a good quarterback is you can put him with the second stringers and second stringers are going to win because he elevates everybody. Luke kind of That's like LeBron with the Cavs. That's exactly right. With You put him with Delvadova, he's pushing Golden State to six. All right? <laughs> that's what it is. But there's also this massive assumption that we are all so guilty of that, I mean... How many times did Luke McCaffrey last season stand in the pocket and make a throw? Let's start with basically zero times, and yet people are just like automatically, like totally one thousand percent better than Martinez. And it's like, eh, I don't know. About, I, well, I just, I'm not if sure. His,
0: if his name was Luke Smith, we wouldn't be as high on him.
2: it. It makes a difference. It, it
0: absolutely makes a difference. I mean, he's he's got the lineage, and you think, okay, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, and you see some flashes of the athleticism from this kid from Highlands Ranch, yes. and you go, yeah, okay, I yes. can I can see it. I can, and no one's really downplaying how talented he is on the coaching staff either. I mean, everyone's like, hey, yeah, I mean, he could be could be something, but obviously, this is Martinez's thing, and it's a good luxury to have. I mean, think about think about the fact
2: that Nebraska's been wandering through the wilderness looking for a quarterback. And they might just have two on the roster. That's it. I mean, you talk to a lot of people around the program, and they feel good about that spot, as good as they've felt in a long time. And I guess just for me, I'm not going to overlook two things. I'm not going to overlook Adrian Martinez' freshman season. Like, that actually happened. Like, he actually, in games, produced. I'm not going to overlook that. And I'm also not going to overlook that McCaffrey, and this isn't necessarily his own fault, but that McCaffrey hasn't proven that he can produce by standing in the pocket, make throws, go through reads, all those sorts of things. And I understand people that would or McCaffrey, well, you can't overlook also that last year Martinez was not good. I totally agree. I mean, that's why I think it's 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 so interesting, and that's what made Frost's comments in the middle of the summer where Frost had been, he had been, you think I'm on the Martinez Titanic going down playing the violin. Scott Frost has been on the Adrian Martinez Titanic playing the cello while it goes down. Until this summer where he worked in that little tidbit about, you know, Adrian Martinez was a little lax in his preparation. I don't think that'll happen. That was the first window into like, whoa, okay, so maybe there was a little something that, made you understand because you did try to be like how did did this guy regress to that level and I think clearly he was a dude that according to Frost didn't have the the best fall camp leading up to his sophomore campaign
0: and it's easy to see that when you are you know the what was he 19 years old and had been a top five Heisman contender going into that fall camp you go all right, I mean, you use the whole phrase reading your press clippings, but if someone tells me how great I am uh, and I'm that young and I just got on the stage, and, man, this game is actually pretty easy, then how much more do you have to work? It, it, it's almost like we talk about how do you handle prosperity versus adversity. You knock me down. I know I have to get better, yes. right, in order to beat you. But if I just knocked you down, what do I really need to do to improve? Like, it's just kind of maintenance, right? Just right. at that point. And so that might have been, maybe that was, I'm, I'm interested in to see, you know, just those steps. And I think a quote like that makes, uh, if I'm Adrian Martinez going, I'm like, whoa, like I better, yes. you know, he's kind of lighting a fire. He's kind of kicking me in the pants. A little well, bit, I don't think there's good. any
2: question that there's not going to be as long of a leash this season yeah. for, I still believe that Martinez, when they trot out to Columbus, Ohio, and their first series, Martinez is going to be the guy. But if Martinez struggles and is not playing well, I don't, I don't necessarily think Frost is going to get his Titanic game right.
0: We'll Put it to you that way. The schedule sets up though for that to happen over the first month,
2: right? For for Martinez to struggle, and here comes McCaffrey. I know. I, I why there's there's a way for you to do your. I mean, where. Where you could go, okay, to, Nebraska goes and gets pounded by Ohio State, they lose then to Wisconsin, and then at that point, do you do you make a change?
0: Yeah. Or it's like, okay, Northwestern, it's kind of make or break. Oh, no, and now we got Penn State, and this just happened against Northwestern? Okay, what's what's happening here? I mean, everyone's got, you know, it's not like any jobs are in jeopardy, but it's a performance-based business, you, and you got you to gotta do something.
2: Yeah, I – it's it's the number one most fascinating thing to watch this season to me. It's just what what happens at that position and who ultimately becomes the guy. Do you see Martinez have a resurgence and be like, "Oh, man, wow." Cuz he never he maybe had flashes. I don't know how closely you followed Nebraska last year because mm-hmm. you were doing your you know, your game day stuff on the radio, but he had he had flashes in the second half against Illinois. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it, Chick. For the mm-hmm. entire season, he had probably three or four good series in the second half in Champaign. And other than that, he never really was very impressive.
0: Yeah. I remember watching, sitting watching a replay of the game at Purdue going, how does he miss that? How does this happen? How does that happen? Like, these are layups, right? right. Layups that you just hope... It was a neck down deal and not a neck up deal. Right. I can deal with the neck down, right? I can deal with a shoulder injury. I can deal with that. I can't deal with the the Mackie Sasser unable to throw the ball back to the pitcher type of things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna just say I think he has a nice bounce back. I think he reasserts himself because he has to. Right? Like if if you get to the point where you're three or four games in and you're even considering making a switch, a you've already lost kind of the season. And you're going to lose him, in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's mentally or transferring, whatever, you're just going to lose him. Totally agree. And, and and so, how do you how do you just make sure that that doesn't happen? And that's why and you go back to the schedule and you go, maybe it'd be better if you played Uzbekistan.
2: You know, maybe <laughs> two two different stops. Get to Uzbekistan. Get Martinez some confidence and come back play Wisconsin. We saw something over the weekend with the Big
0: Twelve, and Oklahoma stumbles. Right, they yeah. stumble to. Uh, Iowa State. Iowa State improves to, you know, uh, three wins, a billion losses, and two ties. <laughs> That's how you tweet. It's great. It's like unbelievable. Like, how does, how does that happen? But we used to do things, I don't know if you remember, where we would just share a laugh about things. And I feel like there's no better time than to just have that conversation and just share a laugh about the Big 12, yes. simply because... Nebraska, this is a great window here. Nebraska hasn't lost a game, and the Big Twelve, everyone's got an L except Oklahoma State. Like, is there? You feel like we could share a laugh uh, a little bit? Just share a laugh about the about the Big Twelve because, yeah, I mean the the fact the fact that Oklahoma <laughs> loses to Iowa State and they've lost back to back games heading into the Red River rivalry. <laughs> This is unbelievable. Uh,
2: I mean, and if you if you think about it, that <laughs> less miles higher at Kansas. I mean, oh. can Bill Self coach the fu- football team too? I mean, good god! <laughs> wow. I mean, I
0: mean, you've got you've got the fact that since TCU joined the Big 12 since TCU joined the Big 12 TCU's record against Texas is 7 and 2 <laughs>
2: what I mean unbelievable well, you know we're talking about Titanic and what's the what's the old lady's name rose in the in <laughs> Titanic we're yes. all about as old as Rose, waiting for Texas to actually be back. I mean, <laughs> you're not back.
0: It's unbelievable. Lee. I, mean, I mean, the class of the Big Twelve right now is is a guy with a mullet.
2: Is that right? <laughs> oh. Oh. I mean, it's bad, chick. It's really bad, my friend. It's really oh, bad. <laughs> oh wow! Oh,
0: that, well, that was good. That was good. I'm glad. I'm glad we could do that and just share that
2: laugh. I think every what? once in a what? while we'll be able to do that. There Shit. might be not a lot of things to laugh at once we start. That's true. So we got to get our giggles in before everybody's going to be laughing at Nebraska and everybody else. But help me out, because you did your little your, your Big Twelve preview on what was it called? Yes, Big Twelve Now, ESPN Plus. So previewed every team. Help me out, and this is I guess more of a zoom out kind of thing. Like what am I missing with the Texas job? Like when I put a pen to paper and I'm writing down best college football jobs, I don't see how you don't put that in the top five. You could make it, make a case. It should be in like the top three yet am I on the Texas Titan as everything is about Titanic for me in this podcast am I on the Texas is a good job Titanic and that ship is just sinking and I'm continuing to play the the, the violin like what am I what am I missing I don't understand
0: Texas is a powerful player somewhere along the way the Texas Longhorns job became... One of the, what, top five most coveted jobs in college football, right? I I would think so. Everybody wants us. Because of, you know, just the money and, you know, you get your own network and all of those types of things. And then, you know, you look back at what they were doing before Mac Brown got there, and it was... It's okay. I mean, you'd have the occasional 10, 11 win seasons. It was a decent job. And back to Darryl Royal in the 60s. But Mac Brown, what that program did was achieved almost an unsustainable level of success, or at least unrealistic right. in terms of, you know, 11 wins, 11 wins, 10, 11, 13. And then, you know, the program becomes a little complacent. And then after they win the go to the national championship game and lose... And then it's Mac Brown, it's Charlie Strong, and then Tom Herman. And I just – I think the job is still really good. I just wonder if it's just goes back to the culture of Texas high school football with the pats on the back. You're told how great you are, and by the time you get to Texas – you know, you're good, but maybe you're more of a finished product than maybe other, other states or other high school programs are because it's such a big business. High school right. football is in the state of Texas that I wonder about that. There's no excuse, though, for what is happening. I mean, Sam Ellinger is a good quarterback. They shouldn't be losing these games that they're losing. They shouldn't lose to TCU like they did. Right. And Keontae Ingram, who fumbled that football, I mean, the, the margin for error for Texas is so small. I think that's the most jarring thing about it. Is like you think about where would Nebraska fit in the Big Twelve? I mean, to me they look like a perennial top four finisher at oh, the least yes, in that
2: league. Yes. Absolutely. We've got a chance to go anywhere we want. It just it's it's puzzling. It, it's it's puzzling that maybe the maybe Mac maybe Mac Brown in his time there was the outlier. That was more the exception and this is the rule. Might have been. And the the other thing that I probably overestimate is I think I always assumed that if you're a kid in the state of Texas, your dream school is Texas. When in all reality, with what's happened over the last handful of years, you know uh, Baylor's been pretty darn good. Sometimes that SC, playing in the SEC is pretty seductive. A and M's pretty uh, pretty attractive. I mean, you, you it's that's the difference between a school like. Ohio state is they have great high school football in the state of Ohio and they don't have to beat out. I mean, okay. The reality is if, if it comes down to Cincinnati or Ohio state, they're not losing out to recruits to Cincinnati to in-state. So they're going to more than likely dominate in-state recruiting. Maybe that necessarily isn't happening with Texas. I, I don't know. I, there also, there's this feeling around that. I feel watching the games from when I watch Texas play, and it, it feels like how it felt towards the end of the Pelini era and all of the Riley era where the elephant in the room or the elephant on the football field, I should say, is everyone wants to have a referendum on the head coach after every game and question mm-hmm. whether or not this is the guy after every game. And that can be that, – that is – That'll ruin your program, you know, like, and maybe I'm totally misreading it, but I just always get the sense that Texas fans, they kind of had one foot in one foot out with, uh, with, with Charlie strong that they, they had, they have one foot in one foot out with Tom Herman a little bit. And that's how it felt at the end of the Pelini era. And that's how it felt the entire time under Riley. And when you have a rabid fan base, that takes a toll on the program. Am I wrong on that? Do you get that sense at all? I don't think that's wrong.
0: I think that's been a I think there's kind of been some fracturing that's been going on. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen still there at Texas. I also think this that the timing of the SEC entering the Texas footprint could not have been worse. Yeah. Because you think about when that came at the, you know, 2011, 2012ish when Texas A&M comes into the SEC that's the tail end of the Mack Brown era. So te- Texas is already backsliding. Yeah. And then what do they do? They bring in Charlie Strong. 6 and 7, 5 and 7, 5 and 7. And so now you're now you're 4 or 5 years into the SEC into that footprint. Alabama's peaking, Georgia with Kirby Smart's on the way up, Florida in the last few years has been up. You think about Auburn. You think about, you know, even Mississippi State with sure. Dan Mill. I mean, think about who has been getting better over the last handful of years, and then you combine that with Texas getting worse, and then you go to, you know, I always just make it simple and go to the NFL draft. The Texas Longhorns have not had a first-round pick since 2015. Wow. You know, that's, that's Texas. Yeah, uh, You win in the trenches. How many defensive linemen have they had drafted in the first round Uh, in the last, let's say, 10 years, uh, since 2008. So if you include 2008, and you go up to now, they've had one defensive lineman drafted in the first round. I mean, you can't win like that. You You can't. can't, You can't, you know, and there's a reason that the Big 12 gets knocked for not playing defense. They don't have great defensive players that are drafted in the top two rounds. Right. And that's just kind of where they're at. It's just too bad.
2: I look at a program like Texas, and I also look at a program like USC. And... I see yeah. two programs where, as as much as anything, it's just I don't know. I think at USC they just don't have the right coach. I don't know what I think of Tom Herman necessarily. I don't. I mean, I think you'd have to say that he's been underwhelming so far at Texas. But mm-hmm. I I also think the one common denominator is that it just feels like not that USC fans are like you know B- Bama fans or Ohio State fans or anything like that. But it just feels like two great jobs where the fans are one foot in, one foot out on the coach, and like that's the one thing that w-
0: yeah they're waiting they're waiting for
2: one bad step. That's right? it. That, right? USC fans go into every game with their arms crossed, going, "All right, Clay, when are when are you going to f up so we can start talking about Urban Meyer?" You know, like and there's a feeling like that's how it is in Austin with Tom Herman, and I know. I know that's how it was with Pellini at the end of his time here. Everybody went into the stands, arms crossed. Well, okay, big boy, you're going to melt down, and and, and we're all going to just wait for you to melt down, and we'll all want to fire you. And then with Riley, it was the same thing. And when that sort of attitude permeates throughout your entire fan base, you can feel that.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. And when you feel like you should be better or you are entitled to more than you are getting – or maybe you have a false perception of who you are. I mean, Nebraska's right. been accused of that. Totally. I don't know if that's accurate with Texas or not, but Texas, I saw this, Texas is 1-11 and 11 under Tom Herman when trailing heading into the fourth quarter. <laughs> okay, that stat and Tom Herman doing better as an underdog than as a favorite in terms of perception, in terms of reality, tells you what
2: Texas is. The front runners, yes, it's you know they're they're good from ahead. Chick, think about because we talked about this I think last week or one of the last couple podcasts how odd it was for Nebraska's scenario last year where Nebraska hasn't won anything and they had come off of back to back losing seasons yet they were anointed as preseason top twenty five. He, th- they're going to accomplish big things and how weird that was around the program well guess what that's been Texas for 10 years for ba- basically ever since Mac Brown left they uh, every athlon every every single preseason magazine every preseason prediction thing tell you what team is this the year for Texas is Texas finally back I mean we laugh about the Texas is back thing but people say Texas is back or Texas will Texas be back every single year and at, at some point, that takes a toll on the program where it's like when you constantly don't achieve anything other than what was it a couple of years years ago they had a big bowl win over Georgia I think but when would you constantly that was it that was, that the, was it. yeah but when you constantly aren't aren't really achieving anything and then the next year comes and everyone is anointing you that you're going to now achieve something that takes a toll on the program too Texas football, four zero two nine five one sixteen twenty. What do you think about Texas? Texas is a powerful player. Yes. Thank you, Mac. Texas is a powerful player. How about
0: this? In the last 10 years, Nebraska has more double-digit win seasons than Texas. What? In the last 10 years, Nebraska has more double-digit win seasons than Texas. Think about that. Think about that. They had wow. a double-digit win season in two of the last four years of Pelini, so that's back to 2010. Yep. So 2010 they won 10 games, 2012 they won 10 games. That's been it for double digit win seasons.
2: And, and Texas doesn't have any?
0: Texas had a double digit win season in 2018, their last one was in 09 when they wow. went to the national championship game. Think about that. You know, you want it, to put it in perspective about just how, you know, we know how bad Nebraska has fallen, how far they've fallen. Texas has a footprint Texas yes. has a recruiting footprint. What? Stand outside your campus, throw a rock, and hit a defensive tackle that can come play for you. That's Not right.
2: Nebraska. No, I can't do it. So, yeah, I mean, the, there's an element when Nebraska falls off where a lot of people go, well, I mean, you know, that you can kind of – anybody that that it right. be like, well, I mean, what do you expect? They don't have a, a recruiting base, you know? But because it's it's so interesting we're talking about this. On Husker Classic Recaps, we did the 2009 Nebraska-Texas game, the one one-second game, and okay. I'm sitting there watching that game – and just thinking about this feels like the last time Texas had it you know and they shouldn't have had it because Nebraska should have won that game but but yeah that's i mean that's a long time ago man that's a long time ago
0: and you want to you want to be able to compete if you want to get back to that Nebraska's offense that year um Oh, I mean, Matt. you know, Zach, Zach Lee leading the charge. Matt. That was a putrid offense with flashes of Roy Hallou every once in a while. Uh, Rex Burkhead.
2: They had but good I, skill. I, they had they had Niles. What's so they, weird about you, it? They had Roy Hallou. They had now Rex is a freshman, but still, freshman running backs produce. Right. We see that. You had Roy, Rex, Niles, Paul, Brandon Kinney not a bad player. Mike McNeil at tight end. Like you had decent skill, but. They just were Zach Lee was just never really had it rolling. And I will say in rewatching that game, the the defense was even better than I th- thought it was. And I already thought it was mm. great. And the offense was way worse than I thought it was. And I thought it was awful. They were horrible yeah. in that game.
0: Hey, touchdown huskers, Menelik Holt. <laughs> Stadium <laughs> Jolt. On the other end is Menelik Holt. Touchdown Huskers Stadium job. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, that de- I mean that defense was just but again, paint the picture, right? Edoma Kinsu, Jared Crick, Pierre Allen and Barry Turner to compliment. Yep. That's a f- you know, a front seven that included uh was Larry Asante on that Philip Dillard. You
2: had Philip Wait, Dillard, Prince Mukamara, Alfonso Dennard, Eric Hag, Dejon Gomes, like Matt O'Hanlon played great in that game. It, they were now. I, I do think the one thing they basically would play like seven defensive backs. You know, it would so have been interesting if they had played a team that would have like lined up and just ran it right at them. How, what that right. would have, how that would have gone. But rewatching that game, I to me the 2009 defense for Nebraska is one of the five best defenses in Nebraska history. It just I. Yeah. Can't tell me otherwise. The vcs That's why they made that call.
0: Get a defensive front seven that can impact the game, and you will be in every game and you will have a chance to win a championship in spite of your offense. If you have a great offense and a subpar defense, you will lose games you're not supposed to win. Totally lose. agree. Totally agree. And we saw that with we saw that with Uh, You could go back to LSU in week one against Mississippi State, all the pieces that they lost on on defense. You could score 30, 35 points a game. Go to Oklahoma. You could score 35, 40 points a game. Fine. You're not going to be able to stop everybody or anybody or tackle anybody if you're Oklahoma sometimes. Or Texas, when you look at that, I mean, you've got to be able to impact the game. And so I remember tweeting that out a year and a half ago or something. They just need a defensive front that can impact the game. And then you're going to have a serious conversation about where Nebraska fits. But until that point, it's kind of like, well,
2: I guess we'll see how they do. And to tie it back into my, my low-hanging fruit, 10 most important Huskers list, <laughs> I would say, you know you do those exercises and you come away feeling better or worse about the team, even though I'm chugging Nebraska Kool-Aid? After that list, I, I, I put my pen down and I was like, yuck. Did you name a defensive lineman? Ty Robinson. Who? Exactly. Right? I
0: mean I mean, there were three guys you mentioned that if they stood in front of me, I wouldn't know who they were.
2: See, and that's it. I mean that that's just it. You're you're I by, had to put, by three guys, I meant eight. But everybody not named Adrian Martinez and Wendell Robinson? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it, Louis McCaffrey. Well, one of them I didn't even name. I said whoever the kicker is. So you I'll give you that one. <laughs> but but you, no, that's it. I mean, you're having to I just had to pick guys. It's like, well, if you want to win in the big 10 and have a good year, you better have like a defensive lineman that like does something. And if you want to win in the big 10, you better have like a linebacker that does, I don't know, like something, you know I mean? Those things better happen. And that's the thing. And I, I mean, look at me. I just, I am talking about custer classic recaps, but it's, this is, it's interesting. We're like, when I watch these games, my main takeaway, the one common thread from 94 to 97 to 83 to 78 to 2009, the one common thread isn't quarterback, it isn't running back, it isn't, it's, it is is defense. It is defense, and in particular, D-line. The one common denominator behind every great Nebraska football team is they had a great defensive line. And... That's still for as much as it's fun to talk about Omar Manning, the JUCO wide receiver, and Wandel Robinson and Dedrick Mills and the offense. It's like ultimately the the defense. Had, it, it, if Nebraska doesn't improve in the D line and then the linebacker core, it's all it doesn't matter. I mean, you can give them Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, and it won't matter, Doc. There
0: was, there was I forget who it was, but um, when we were talk, trying to predict who's going to win national championships every year going into the national championship game. You say, well, if this team wins, it'll be the outlier because every national champion over the last 15 years has had a top 25 defensive efficiency team right. or something like that. It's never about the offense. Right. It's always about that constant of being able to stop somebody because relying on scoring 35 points a game. Tricky. It's, it's, a, it's you, a tricky uh, deal. Yeah, it's, it's a tough needle to thread.
2: Look at us, heavy then, hitting Football talk, Chicken
0: Nick. Okay, so it's on that vein that I want to stop doing that yeah. to do one last thing here, okay. uh, because we we always did the. Uh, I feel like there's. I feel like there's something that we could do here with Scott Frost because we always did Paulini Martini, right? Like we yeah. Always, and I feel like, like you, you remember the intro, right? To Paulini Martini. After games,
2: coaches get drunk. On emotion. Get over it. Coach Pellini is no different. (laughs) You talking to a ghost? (laughs) Here are scenes from Saturday's postgame news conference in this edition of Pellini Martini.
0: Okay, so that was such,
2: such that was the in, that was the
0: old intro, yeah. the old intro to Polini Martini. What do you got cooking And friend? well, I don't have an intro yet, but I think we're going to have to do something with Scott Frost. Right. And I did have a nomination, but before I even say the nomination for what it could be called, I want to throw it out on Twitter and just ask if we did something for <laughs> Scott Frost, what would it be called? And I don't even know if I should give this one out because I think this is going to be it once we do it. But what do you, do you have any ideas of what it could be like we did oh, Pelee Martini, we
2: did Doc on the Rocks. See, that's Scott What would we do? See, I wanted to my first thought was going getting the Scott Rock thing, you know, Scott on the Rocks, Scott's Rocked, kind of a thing, but that's too much like Doc on the Rocks. I mean, Frost, right. you play into a lot of different things with with Frost and beer or something like that i don't know yeah, frosty
0: mug frosty yeah, mug frosty, yeah, yeah
2: scott frosty's mugs you know whatever
0: scott frosty mug something yeah. i don't know um what do you got i got this nomination from mick who emailed this in three weeks ago and says can we please get an update to Pellini martini this fall and call it scotch frost oh
2: yes I think that's it, isn't it? I mean, I don't even know what would be a close second at this point. <laughs> Scotch Frost. Scotch,
0: Frost. All right. So we'll get the intro eventually, but here's a little teaser about what it might sound like once we start doing that. Again, you might need a little levity in the season, depending on how this goes. Let's listen here. Uh, and just see, going to give you a taste of what this season of Scotch Frost or whatever we call it will be. Remember, this is when we would slow down audio and make the uh, <laughs> make the coaches sound a little tipsy. Here we go. Got time for two or three more for Coach. Um, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald.
2: Hey, Scott, uh, scheduling question for you. Um, I know Bill Moose has expressed wanting Iowa to play on that Black Friday this year. Uh, are there other games – that you guys would be interested in looking at playing on friday this season and, and how's that process going
1: i don't have much to do with the scheduling um you know, our guys are excited to play we're just grateful we get to play you know i i think we probably landed with Probably the toughest strength of scheduling in the conference and because the conference is so strong Maybe the country um, our, I don't think our guys care the players don't care. They just want an opportunity to compete uh, We were one of the schools fighting to get to play and we're just excited we get to play I um, I don't think beggars can be choosers sometimes. If they tell us we're playing on a Thursday, we need to be ready to play on a Thursday. If it's Sunday, it's Sunday. And uh, if it's in Uzbekistan, we're going to have to probably uh, stop in a couple places on the way over there. Wherever and whenever we get to play, our guys are just excited to get a chance to compete.
2: <laughs> oh, right.
0: wow. So how are we feeling about that 2020 edition whenever we decide to start that? shit?
2: You know, sometimes you don't know. If some people's, their their voice, their tone, you don't know if it plays well to get slowed down and, and it'll sound funny. I never really had thought about it with with Scott Frost but wow he sounds <laughs> rocked doesn't he <laughs> Well and he's such a he has such a monotone
0: yes. voice like there's no peaks or valleys with him you no. don't know If, you know, his house burned down or if he won the lottery, you have no clue with him. So, you
1: know, Uzbekistan. If they tell us we're playing on a Thursday, we need to be ready to play on a Thursday. If it's Sunday, it's Sunday. And uh, if it's in Uzbekistan, we're going to have to probably uh, stop in a couple places on the way over there. Wow.
2: Aren't so. you just, I'm just picturing Frost. You know, he's always got his hat a little to the side, right? Like he, this, I'm picturing me and him in a bar and his hat's way to the side. He's got that look on it. He's cross-eyed. He's looking, he's almost falling forward, talking really slow. Oh, wow. Scotch. Think at Frost.
0: think we're going to, I think we're going we to be there. Might that bit be revisited? I don't know. Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. <laughs> okay, Ronnie, yeah, I don't okay, think we need Ronnie.
2: to do any. Uh, Cut him off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need any gold
2: slogger green with you.
1: Now, 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 let me let me just play a little hypothetical here okay. for you.
2: You want to go out? know. Oh. All right. Okay. Roddy. Hey, who'd you say came up with Scotch Frost? That guy. He can take, he can take the rest of the week off. The rest of the week off, my friend. Dude. Your work here yep. is done. Congratulations. Put
0: your your feet up and take the rest of the day off. (laughs) Um, Well, this uh, this podcast is over. Uh, We're we're done. We'll see you next week. And again, this is how we feel after every podcast. We're bummed, just like you are. I'm not happy about that. Ah! Shit, and
2: Nick. Shit, and Nick. The Shit and Nick Show. Here we go.
1: Uzbekistan. A Huda Media
0: Production.